Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Now, those that follow me on the Tick in the Talks will know that I did say like, that I was going to solely talk about Halloween, the power metal um, gods uh, from Europe. But I've decided after deep diving into the genre of power metal, I noticed I hadn't done it as a genre dive. I've done all the others, or a few of them. I thought, well, you know what? I will talk about Halloween, and I might do Halloween later on in the month, as it is spooky October. But I changed my mind, as is my prerogative. You know, it is my show. Uh, I hope that you uh, have had a good week or so. The weather was closing in here. It's got really cold all of a sudden, um, and about to rain. So if it thunders and storms while we're listening to this music, or uh, listening to this podcast, sorry, while I'm recording it, um, the more the better, right? Adds to the atmosphere, if you know what I mean. Anyway, power metal, power metal, power metal. Where do we begin? It is what it says on the packet. It is power and is metal. Now, I myself am not a power metal fiend. Uh, I have lots of friends that are. Uh, I do enjoy the genre. It has uh, elements that I do find enjoyable. I'd find it sometimes a little bit... Um, silly that's okay that that's not saying that you people listen out there all lovely listeners that love power metal that's not i'm gonna go at you that just my own perception now you might say but really all metal can be a bit silly and that is true it is very true but where did we begin now i'll tell you first my first first encounter with the genre um many moons ago when the world was pre-internet and you had to go to the library read a book, watch TV, and watch it not all binged at one time, but week after week, episode after episode. That's the world we were living in. You know, wibbly-wobbly, we'll go back in time with the old um, the old Scooby-Doo effect. Anyway, I knew a guy, and I've mentioned him before on my show, I know two guys called Melvin. One called Crazy Melvin, and one called Normal Melvin, right? Well, Crazy Mel... He was, and he probably is, I don't know, I haven't seen him for 27 years. He's, he was in his 
40s then, so I don't know what he's doing now, but um, Melvin was a Mauritian, or is a Mauritian, um, music nut, a real nutter, like, oh, probably hit my mic. Um, he, I've talked to him before, he was one of the most, the, uh, genuine, a genuine um, Satanist. So when these people, you know, you know, when they say, oh, I'm a Satanist, and you go, yeah, whatever, you might have a black candle in your cupboard, doesn't mean you're a Satanist. He generally, he lived it right, he was a bit, he got me almost arrested for, um, he chucked a stone at a cop and run away, and I didn't know he chucked it. And I'm standing at the bus stop and the car pulled up. I did a lot of talking that day to get me out of it, let me tell you. Um, anyway, that aside, he had this amazing record collection. So he was a punk from the past, from the 70s. And um, he really, really loved all sorts of really heavy black metal, like really into the Burzum and Venom. And So when I first heard Venom, it was because of Melvin, right? Um, but... He also had this soft spot, things like the Eagles, and, you know, and the police and so on. But he had this album by a band called Warlord, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, American speed uh, uh, power metal band. And he lent me a copy. He had like four copies. He always had always had every copy of the album in colour that it was released. So if it was released on six colours, he'd have six copies of them. But he was really, really, this was his favourite album of them all, uh, Warlord, uh, Deliver Us. And it took me years to remember the album, years. After I left England was in Australia, could not remember for the life of me the name of the album, but it came back to me well, years ago now. And now you can get it on, on uh, Spotify and you, you, iTunes and any of the downloading platforms you wish to choose it to get it on. Uh, anyway, that aside, I first heard them there, and it's a far cry from the power metal that is out around now. It's the first wave of power metal, so... Power metal is a genre that um, first erupted in the early 80s in America, North America, mainly. Um, and it was um, a completely different to the European style that arrived a few years later. Uh, now, the, the American style, um, let me get my notes, I've got it in my book. So I'm using a new notebook, so if it creaks and makes noises, it's because it's, it's brand new leather cover, so it's lovely. I'm just going to smell it, eh? Ah, oh, new notes. Anyway, um, it, uh, I'll give you the definition of it, okay? It's a combination of elements of traditional heavy metal and speed metal with a symphonic content that is faster and lighter and more uplifting. Anthemaic-like songs with fantasy-based subject matters with strong choruses, uh, a powerful and dynamic sound. That's the way that it's described. And it's pretty apt, actually. It describes the genre very aptly. Um, American bands that you would probably know that uh, you might or might not know um, bands like Kirith Ungul, Jagdpanzer, Nilla Road, Omen, Riot, Sabotage and of course Warlord which I just mentioned before um, they, their family, the family history of if you're looking at a family line of speed metal basically it goes back to 1977 76, but I'll write that down. Excuse me, see, new notebook. I did write it down. Yes, so according to anthropologist Sam Dunn, Stargazer, uh, um, uh, The Light in the Black from 1976 Rising Album, and Kill the King and Lord of Lady of the Lake from 1978's Long Live Rock, both by Rainbow, are the 
heritage of power metal. So Dio and Rainbow were basically where it was born. Um, and it's considered the earliest form of it. And I'd probably agree with that, actually, because most of uh, power metal's themes are fantasy-based. So Lord of the Rings um, is a big, uh, a big sort of uh, literary um, pot that they pull out from. Um, there's also thing they, they do a lot of stuff with um, epic poems, a lot of Viking. I mean, uh, Man of War, of course. Do a lot of battle stuff, a lot of um, epic war. Even though they're not, it's power metal is not a political beast as a musical form. Um, bands like Sabaton, who I've talked to, talked to before on the show, are definitely a power metal band. And but they sort of they have obviously war themes mainly First and Second World War, but they do go into the Vikings and they do go into uh, um, Nordic mythology. So in some way they can be lumped in, although I would say they're on a, a side slightly to the traditional um, power metal. So the difference between the European and the American power metal, the American power metal was very connected to the new wave, new wave of British heavy metal. It's harder and a slightly faster tone. And the the um, European is more melodic, less less speed, um, a little bit more um, technical in that respect. Uh, of course, you know people say, um, but what kind of thing do you get when you listen to power metal? Well, firstly, you get your vocals. Your vocals are like Dio, like Rob Halford. Actually, I would say is a main influence. Um, falsetto, high, dramatic voices. Um, you know, uh, really, uh, really chorus anthemic sing along like painkiller. I like the new single uh, that's just released this week, um, which is uh, an unbelievably good single. I highly recommend you all going to get the new. This is the new Judas Priest single, um, which is you know uh, I just mentioned it on my TikToks yesterday, um, but it is really, really, really good. Panic Attack, which I think is um, as as my good friends at the Burning said. Sounds like uh, Painkiller Part 2. So, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, anyway, that aside, so that's what you get from the vocals, okay? That's your power metal. So be, if you're trying to work it in your head, what kind of sound is this before I go and listen to it? Think operatic vocal. Not always, but that's really where it sort of sits. And then and then we have um, the guitar. So it basically, it's, the guitar plays a rapid stream of notes um, mainly uh, in the chorus, but slows down. It's lots of rapid notes in the solos, but it's quite a slow change of um, key uh, from notes. So it sort of goes from tempo of one per measure. It's a much slower change. So it changes one per measure. So a really slow rhythmic change with, with um, a really fast um, arpeggio style guitar over harmonics over the top. Is technically more demanding in the solos, and and sadly the bass, as I'm a bass player here, um, often sits in the back, drowned out by the rest of the band, uh, and just sort of hangs along with the rhythm. Um, some bands don't do that. Halloween and Symphony X and Tiberia, they don't. They push their bass forward. Um, that's why I quite like I like Halloween for that reason. And then the drums. The drums are basically uh, double kick drums uh, playing um, 16th notes and the snare 
the accent, then they use the, the snare to accent the note on top. And this isn't always the case. Uh, some of them uh, play a single drum kick, but most of them is double drums on 16th, a real sort of speed of 16th notes, if you know about drumming. And um, then you have keyboards. Now, the keyboards, which is another differentiation between traditional metal and uh, power metal, is that there is a symphony, a key section. Uh, for those um, lovers of the keyboard, John, I'm looking at you, um, for, and me myself, who <laughs> love a bit of with a bit of synth, um, power metal has it there for you, and they usually use the synth to sort of um, pop in sort of orchestral sounds. So they create an orchestra sound through the synth. It was sort of pioneered by I'm going to I'm going to get this name wrong, guys. So please don't come at me. It was pioneered power, power, uh, sorry pioneered by Ingo Schweitzenberger from um, from. See, I've gone uh, Stradivarius, um, who we're, where Yuengi Jemalmstein playing with. Now, I was very funny. We had, a, a, on a side note, we were having a chat friend of mine once, Dave and I, and he said, why is it Yuengi Jemalmstein? How many Yuengi Jemalmsteins uh, are there that you have to put the J in to, to, um, to sort of identify yourself? He doesn't go by that anymore. Now it's Yuengi Malmsteen, isn't it? But it used to be Yuengi Jemalmstein, I remember. Um and then, of course, you you get bands like Blind Guardian and Iced Earth, um, who are more like thrash-based power metal. So there's so many different subgenres within the power metal um, scene, which is what makes it such a, you know, what makes heavy metal such a wonderful thing, right? So it's sort of for me. Um, sorry, not sorry. I apologise. The drumming was in Ghost Wantberger. Um, the keys were popularised by Jens Johnson of Stradivarius. I'm, I'm looking at my notebook on the wrong page. You know me. Anyway, so that's what makes the, the, the subgenre so fascinating. What makes metal such a fascinating musical form as it is because there's so much depth to it. But power metal is, don't take it wrong. Those that listen to, I love black metal and I love heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. But I also like a lighter lighter tone and it's not light as in um not heavy because if you listen to halloween's um first album which we'll talk about in the second half or even um warlord's first album or or blind guardians albums or, or any of those um you new, new wave ones like anything from sonata artica um those sort of there's a i've got a list here you know uh running running wild rage Gravedigger, Blind Guardian, Stradivarius, Gamma Ray, Hammerfall, Nightwish, Rhapsody of Fire, any of those European power metal bands, they're not they're not light, they're not listen William Mother kind of thing. They're still heavy. They just don't have heavy themes and they don't they don't they it's sort of cleaner. So a lot of people put Iron Maiden quite popped up too much then didn't I? Um a lot of put people put Iron Maiden in that um, category of power metal, which is completely wrong. If you listen to, and we'll talk about Warlord in the next half, there is a song that they do that does sound like it comes straight straight off the first Iron Maiden album. Yes, it does. That doesn't mean that Iron Maiden were a power metal band. No, they're not. They're a traditional heavy metal band. The difference is that power metal bands take the sound of traditional heavy metal bands, add more symphonic backing, and make it slightly faster. Most power metal songs are much faster than any Iron Maiden will ever play. Um, and 
you know, like you look at, you just look at Dragon Force, for instance. Like, I used to be a big Dragon Force fan, I have to tell you. I really liked them for quite some time. And then I burnt myself out with them. The last album was a stinker. Sorry, Dragon Force fans, it just was. Um, it was fun at the time, but there's only so many, so many computer game noises I can take. And the speed for me is a little bit too much. It, it loses some of its depth and its um, nuance when it gets that fast. Um, but anyway, that's not to say they're not brilliant. A lot of people love them. And Dave, my mate, absolutely adores them. We've seen them live three or four times. Um, and they are good live. Um, well, the last experience in the basement was a pretty shitty one. But that's okay. That that aside. Um, there are so many more modern bands. So Sonata Arctica is one of Iced Earth, Camelot, who I saw at the basement a few years ago. Another one. Sabaton, which I talked about before, which are sort of power metal bands but of course you have Halloween as well who are the sort of face of the genre I think now or they were I mean now probably more so it's Dragon Force but anyway that's enough for this side I'm going to uh, go and get myself a fresh hot drink as it's cold here today and we'll go over my picks and bands that I think you should dive into if if and only if this chat about um, power metal has as engaged you you might go oh no it sounds awful tone i'm not even bothering but that's what this show is about isn't it open up your mind use your imagination listen to something different give yourself release yourself from your restraints that's what music is about that's what makes music wonderful is we're not all just listening to taylor swift you know what i mean and, and that's no disrespect to taylor swift either um no disrespect at all what I'm saying, I just use that, that name popped into my head. I could have said anyone. I could have said Madonna. I could have said, you know, Sex Pistols. I could have said anyone. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's having me rambling. And when I get back after the break, I'm going to chat about my picks of the um, power metal genre, uh, the songs that I reckon you should jump into, and the albums that I would rec- that I would firstly listen to. Anyway, enjoy the adverts. I'm going to get myself a fresh cup of tea. See you soon. Bye for now, guys. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, Pop Pickers, to my rundown of power metal. I have the power, as we He-Man fans would say of my generation. <laughs> I just Where that came from, I have no idea. I'm sure there's a power metal band out there that is based on He-Man. I'm absolutely probably sure. If there is one, anyone knows about it, let me know, because I think it would be a good laugh. Anyway, then that's another thing about power metal, is that it doesn't take yourself too seriously. You know, a lot of the black metal stuff a lot of the extreme metal in some of the traditional stuff takes itself really seriously but uh, you know speed metal and power metal never seems to do that you know it never seems to um, take yourself too seriously which brings me firstly to my first recommendation so warlord as I mentioned at the beginning of the show I said I first come across there I, I genuinely only know one album of theirs and that's deliver us which is their first album which you can get on spotify it's the 20, 2020 reissue i think that's on there um let me give you some brief rundown of the band formed in in los angeles in 1980 um by guitarist william j samis and drummer mark zonda um they've been releasing albums they were active 80 to 86 then 2002 to 2011 and in present um, they've had many, many members. Let's not worry about the members. Let's look at the discography. So, Deliverous came out in 1983. So, nice and early on in the power metal scene, right? So, right at the birth, because you're just coming out of the new wave of heavy of heavy metal from the UK, which was dominating the world. Um, thrash was sort of not far away, if on its borderline, um, along with Venom and Extreme Metal. And they released... Uh, it was actually 2012 re-released, I apologise, after the reunion of the band. And it's quite hard to get hold of, to be fair. Uh, it's not a long album. Um, the, the three tracks on it that I particularly would ask you to listen to that really stand out as power metal songs for me are the opening track, Deliver Us From Evil. At, uh, it's a six-minute song. Um, then I would come down to the second side and the third track, which is Lucifer's Hammer. And then on the reissue, luckily, really luckily, we get Mrs. Victoria. So Mrs. Victoria is a good song that's only available on the reissue, but I think it was released as a single on the B-side in Japan originally. But uh, Deliver Us From Evil and Lucifer's Hammer are uh, my favourite 
they, they, they basically, particularly Lucifer's hammer, Lucifer's, Luf, I can't say it, Lucifer's hammer. Rewind it, you know, Lucifer's hammer um, is a rollicking roller coaster of power metal, sing-along vocals. It's got that, and remember I said you one sounds like it could come straight off of a Maiden album? This one sounds like it's just walked off of a set uh, from the horse and coat, the coat, the um, the the sound room house in Kingsbury or uh, or the Marquee in 1982 or 81. It sounds like a new wave of heavy metal song. In fact, it could sit quite comfortably if it was covered by Maiden on a Maiden album. Ooh, heritage, I hear you say, but no, I think heresy, heresy, I hear you say, heritage, heresy. Um, where's my brain today? Hang on. I think I left it somewhere. Maybe it's on the washing line. Washing all my dirty thoughts away, if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, that's, uh, it's got a wonderful hand-painted cover. I really like the band. I think this is their, I, again, I can't speak to the other albums, but this is the one that I go to next, first. And then, and then I'd jump probably forward from there um, to to Halloween. Now I know you say, "Hang on, but aren't they the pioneers of? Aren't they the face of the genre?" Yeah, they are. Um, but I think if you're going to go and try, you want to sort of go for it in a use them as landmarks, and then find other bands around that period. So for me, Halloween, obviously. The first album we want to want to grab is uh, 1987's "Keeper of the Seven Kings Keys" Part One. Okay. Uh, again, it's there's a part two as well that came out the following year. It is semi-proggy in the way that it's sort of a story within a story. Um, it's everything that the power metal genre has become. Um, fast as I meant as I mentioned 16th notes on the drums um, more bass than other bands uh, you know high falsetto operatic vocals string segments sweeping dramatic slow chord changes um, fast fast and um, insanely uh, accurate guitar solos and if you're gonna get that for me then there's a couple on this album all right Halloween or Halloween uh, brilliant um, for me it is uh, it's the it's their sort of signature song I think it has everything you want in it it's got sing-along um, it's got a brilliant guitar solo fantastic heavy bass part in it and I also really like to be honest I think a little a little a little time and Twilight of the Gods in fact the whole album really but those are the ones I'd pick out so I'll write this in. I'll write these in the show notes if I can remember to do so. But um, a little time, Twilight of the Gods, Halloween, off this album, are brilliant. And again, the whole album is fantastic. The whole first two albums are brilliant. Uh, I would then move probably stepped into Gamma Ray, which was a band that sort of um, again European uh, that sound very much like Halloween. I think um, I know that. Uh, my good friend David is a big fan of Gamma Ray. I won't say that I'm a huge lover of the band, um, but if I'm looking for something from then to, to offer you up to listen to, I'm probably going to say 
my one, which is the one that I first listened to, was To The Metal, which is a 2010 album. Um, okay, Rise, really good. Mother Angel, fantastic. Uh, and probably to follow up, let's just, just try and get three songs of each album. Let's try and do that. Probably No Need To Cry are the ones I like on the Gamma Ray album. And that's only because that's the uh, that's the first album I lost, I listened to Gamma Ray, uh, 2010. Dave got me into that one. I think I got it on CD somewhere, to be honest. Um, or it could be hell. No, it was definitely to the metal. Uh, of course, they've been around since the um, late 90s. Um, Power Plant in 1999, somewhere out in space in 97. Um, I think it was their first album. They're, they're basically a, uh, some of the band members from some of the big European power metal act sort of joined forces when they separated off and became gamma ray they've played in Canada, in australia a few times um again very much a european sound and if you love that sound they had a band you probably want to get your hands on one second you know and you're saying to me but tony aren't they aren't there bands other bands that you want to talk about yes let's look at um, running wild and gravedigger now running wild if you want an Iron Maiden sounding band, then Running Wild is your band. Uh, all of the bands that, that came out of that genre, that come out from the genre, to me, Running Wild is the closest to Iron Maiden. Um, and I know you're going to say, but isn't that just listening to Iron Maiden? No, not necessarily. Um, they just, they just really, really love. Um, I think you can really hear Maiden in their um, in their sound. You can really feel them, and it makes and it's sort of you hear the heritage. Like more so, Running Wild. There's a lot of Judas Priest heritage there as well, with KK Downing and Glenn Tipton style guitars. They were formed actually before Maiden, or around the sort of same time in '76. So they're more later influenced. I think they come from. They they're part of the the part the the um, the top four or the powerful four of Germany. Um, in the scene, so you've got your other big four, as I like to call it. You've got Gravedigger, Halloween, and Rage, and Running Wild. Um, yeah, look, maybe I might. I don't know. I just every time I listen to Ma to Running Wild, I hear Maiden. Um, is that uh, is that? I don't know if that's me. Could be just me. Maybe I don't know. You listen to it and tell me what you think. But I think most of us think. They do sound a lot like Maiden. They have a bit of the gallop going on there in the later albums, particularly in the albums like Port Royal, Death or Glory, and Blazing Stone and Pile of Skulls. Um, they all have a bit of Maidenly sound to me. But if I'm looking at um, an album that I'm going to recommend, I'm going to say under the Jolly Roger from '87. It has the the most fun. It's the most fun for me. I love the cover. Um, I like the pirate theme. Diamonds of the Black Chest, Beggar's Night, and I reckon mm, Raise Your Fist if you want a real sing-along, head-banging, power metal anthem, right? So that's that's um, that's uh, Running Wild. Shouldn't I don't know why I think they sound like Maiden. Maybe I'm wrong. You can reach out and tell me if you think I'm wrong. Anyway, another one we're going to step into really is, I would say... A little one that maybe maybe that you may never have heard of. I only recently listened to them because I had to review them for someone. It wasn't look. 
it's a band I think we should listen to because we're also a lot of the time when we think of power metal, especially me, I think of Germany, Finland, Sweden, Norway, um, the sort of Nordic countries. But actually, Italy makes some fantastic power metal bands. And Rhapsody of Fire, who've got a new album coming, I believe, very soon, uh, are another one of those sort of bands that sort of passed me by slightly. Now, they were formerly known as Rhapsody. They're an Italian symphonic power metal band. Now, that's what I told you before. A lot of the offshoots of power metal. So is it truly a power metal band? Yes, because it's still a symphonic power metal band, which is means it lots a lot of strings, lots of space in the notes, a lot of air in the space of the sound. You know what I mean? It's not a closed off, confined sound. It's quite an um, stadium formed, operatic, open sound. Um, and... They're sort of they're very influenced by neoclassical style metal. So that's the Uenge Gem Armstein stuff of Stratosvarius. We won't go into that because we're going to talk about it on a separate um, podcast. I don't neoclassical is something else. Um, I've been on a few labels, but on Nuclear Blast at the moment. Um, and they formed in '93 as Thundercross. Um, it's released and it's they've released 12 albums, uh, which is pretty amazing. Right? You know, again, miss I miss them completely. Um, their discography is quite interesting. So right from early on, 97, they released Legendary Tales. Um, right up now until um, last two years ago, they did Glory of Salvation. Glory for Salvation. And they've got another one coming, I believe. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the one that I listened to when I was doing the research for the show. And that was Power of the Dragon Flame from 2002. Um, I picked it because it was right in the middle of their catalogue. And I thought I might listen to something in the middle where they've grown a bit sometimes when I'm listening to a new band if it's got a big catalogue I won't go straight to the first album I won't go straight to the last album I'll pick the middle and work backwards and the reason I do that is I get to see where they've grown and then I can see where they come from if you get to see where they come from and you get so enamoured by where they come from when you go to the further part of the catalogue you might get put off but if you like if you listen to the middle one see their how they've grown um, classic example is Maiden right absolutely good example if you listen to um power slave first up if you listen to sorry um iron maiden first up and then go to power slave you're gonna what happened what, what? it's so it is such a diversely different band because they've grown up so much they've got such a bigger sound better production so i don't listen to the middle one power slave first and go backwards and go hey that's where they started you know wow listen to their growth um you can do it the other way around i suppose if you want to um track listings on it that I'm going to sort of recommend Power of the Dragon Flame, the opening song, um, Agony is My Name and I think probably Pride of the Tyrant the you know uh, ninth track on the album it's a pretty beautiful piece of music look it, I mean it's not my kind of thing as I told you um, but in the research I really really enjoyed it and I think it says that we should stretch away from just the, um, the German Nordic power metal bands i mean the, the french do some really cracking stuff so do the italians um and then you've got bands like nightwish i don't know where i put them um i sometimes think they're a power metal band and i think they're a symphonic metal band and i think they're a, a gothic metal band it, it, they don't quite categorize themselves so i'm going to sort of leave them on the side burner um for that one because i just don't quite know um then you get Blind Guardian. So now we're going to go back to the Europe, <laughs> go back to that European, Eastern European, Nordic country type things, and look at Blind Guardian. Blind Guardian um, are, are sort of known in the power metal band 
power metal scene for overdubbing the lyrics and the guitar on top of their tracks to give a very big symphonic um, large open world sound they're also known for um, their vocals they're one of the one of the bands that I personally adore vocally wise um, the lead singer I mean he's just absolutely amazing they're from Germany uh, formed in 1984 uh, they do they sort of very influenced the speed metal genres um, absolutely they've been plenty, many, plenty of members in the lineup um, over the years uh, but I really like the guy that, that is now sitting as a singer. Um, they formed as a band called Lucifer's Heritage. Um, and they've had many uh, up and down in their career. Uh, I'm going to say to you now that for me, um, I really, I mean, I loved originally vocals and Hansi Kirch. Um, unfortunately, his last band with, uh, last, um, he last played with the band in 96. Um, but, but, you know, right now, um, the vocalist, um, for the band is, um, they actually, they, they, they share the vocals across the last album, I believe. Uh, but I actually really enjoy, um, the vocals. Oh no, Kutch is back apparently. No, he's, hang on. Let me just do that check. One second got myself all mixed up there he was the singer of iced earth he's always been the singer of blind guardian that's why my head went somewhere else I'm about a month talk about iced earth next that's where my head went sorry guys if you're going for the in-depth facts and i might get wrong you know that happens my notes are i've got the handwriting of a doctor without the income <laughs> anyway so i really like the the, the vocals of hands and um the, the power of Blind Guardian. Blind Guardian to me is probably the most powerful of the power, power metal acts um, out there from that part of the world. Uh, and if I'm looking for an album that I'm going to suggest, okay, right. If I'm scooting past these bands quickly, I do apologize. There's a lot to get in. Um, and I don't want to spend too long on each band because I could miss things. I don't want to miss things. So if I'm looking at for... Um, Let's have a look here. What am I looking? Which one would I discography? What am I thinking of? Okay, I'm gonna. I would say, grab Night at the Opera, a Night at the Opera from 2002 first, seventh studio album by German band, uh, released. Uh, its name is after the 90, It's based after the 1975 Queen album of the same name, which is named after the Marx Brothers film of the same name. Uh, it's got one of my favourite covers by them on the uh, art by Paul R. Gregory. It was released on 20th of March 2002. Um, it's quite a long album, 67 minutes. It's a typical CD era album. Um, and for me, it's got a lot of overlaid vocals, a lot of choral keys. It's got some powerful riffage on it. Um, the drummer, Thomas Storch, would leave after the band after this. He said that the he had dissatisfaction with the direction the group was going in. Well, they always said, I don't know, band, drummer leaves band due into musical differences. I heard a, saw, what's it, what the one say? You don't hear that from hip hop. No, drum machine leaves band due to musical differences. Anyway, um, it's track listing as we go. For me, the opening track, Precious Jerusalem, brilliant. Um, and then, of course, uh, Wait for the Answer. It's six, not the sixth track. And to be honest, I really like um, Punishment Divine, 
ninth track. It's only a five minute 45. I think they're the three I grab my hands, I grab onto. If you can uh, take note with this, this are the ones, if I forget to put them in the notes, they're the songs you want to have listened to because they are um, absolute crackers. Okay. And then we move to the side project of Iced Earth. Iced Earth um, is the offshoot of Blind Guardian and a few other um, European bands. They all seem to be very uh, intermingled uh, in Europe when it comes to the power metal scene. Um, and I, it's, Which I quite like because that means you get a consistency across the bands, but at the same time you don't get... Um, you sort of, if you've got a favourite single in one band and suddenly he's gone off to another, it can give it a bit. Um, it's actually an American heavy metal band, actually. Ice Earth. Sorry, I apologise. It's from Tampa, Florida. But the lead singer, that's what I'm trying to say, he went from there to Ice Earth in America. The debut album was in 1990. They've released 12 studio albums. I did not know that. I'm quickly looking down my list because I certainly thought um, I'm only used to um, my favourite of their albums which is something Wicked This Way Comes, which is also named after a Disney movie um, that I loved as a child, and also a a short story um, by, let me work it out who that's by. Let me know. Look at this. Uh, John Schaefer. That's who it's by. Um, it actually, look, it's actually one of my favourites because of that connection. It's got. Let me look at who's on the on the personnel for that album. We've got um, Matt Barlow on vocals, John Schaefer on guitar, um, James McDowell on bass, um, and it's. Uh, I think Ripper Owens has also played with the band. He of, uh, of Judas Priest fame, and um, John Schaefer didn't write something wicked this way comes. I apologise. He it was his his saga that he wrote for the albums following, which is something wicked saga, um, which expanded upon later um, with songs like Watching Over Me, was written as a tribute to Shaver's deceased childhood friend Bill Blackman, who inspired the name Iced Earth. So that's a nice connection. It received mixed reviews, uh, it says here. It charted in Australia, Austria and Germany quite poorly. Um, there's a live album version of it live in Athens. I actually think it's a really good album. Uh, I'd highly recommend it. The, of That's the album that I would grab. And looking for tracks off of it, um, the Burning Burning Times track opening track, um, Stand Alone, and Reaping Stone is where I'd probably jump into. To be honest with you, if you're looking for three tracks off that album, you can listen to the whole album if you want to. But that's where I'd probably go. It's a Ray Rab- Ray Bradbury story. Sorry, um, it, uh, it is a fantastic story. It's about a um, if you've seen the Disney film, um, it was about the time when Disney had, was doing dark movies like Black Hole and so on. And uh, it's about a, um, a, a, ro- a roaming or uh, a touring um, circus act that comes to town with a mysterious um, circus uh, owner, and uh, and some very un- un- unusual things happen. It goes. It comes to the town of Greentown, Illinois, in the Midwest. Um, it's a it's a brilliant story. Uh, I won't give it away because I couldn't do it justice by telling you about it anyway. But I would definitely watch that or read that and then maybe listen to Ice Earth's album and see what you, what you get from that. And then, where do we go from here? So, it, there's so much to talk about in the genre. I think we'll jump to modern day, to the more modern, 
bands that you may want to try and get into. Um, one of them is Sonata Arctica. Sonata Arctica. Now they're from Finland. Um, Dave got me onto them years ago. Uh, I didn't get to see them. I think Dave saw them at a festival in Sydney. He loved them. Um, they have a couple of tracks. It, it's very symphonic. It's very power metal. It's probably the most power metal-y of power metal that it could possibly be if you're not, unless you're Halloween. <laughs> it's very, very, uh, it has everything in the genre that you want. The band is quite a complicated band with a complicated musical output. Um, they, I'm going to just find you that my favorite songs of their albums. They formed in 95 under the name Tricky Beans as a heavy metal, heavy rock band, and then became a symphonic metal band, a progressive metal band, as some people like to think of them. Um, as of, you know, as of just after that. So their discography goes. My favorite, actually, the two albums I'm going to recommend are Elliptica from 1999 and Silence from 2001. Um, Elliptica is my favorite because it has the most, it's got a track on it that really opens, uh, when I first heard it, um, it really sort of, I don't know what it is and why it, it, it touched me, but the song Replica um, and is uh, and Letter to Dana. Letter to Dana is really f an interesting one. I sort of laughed when I first heard it because it talks about dirty, let dirty magazines and things and I don't know whether that's in translation issue or not. But I found it very funny. I found it very moving. So Letter to Dana, Replica has got a fantastic guitar solo. One of my favorite guitar, guitar solos of all power metal bands. It's their 15th um, anniversary of the recording coming up. I think it was. No, 2014 it was. That was their 15th anniversary. But it is absolutely um, brilliant album. I would highly recommend grabbing that one from Sonata Arctica. Um, the whole album's fantastic. Full Moon, Let Dana, Pictures in the Past, Destruction Preventer. But I'm going to say, if you're going to pick three, as we're talking about three songs, we're going to go Replica, we're going to go Letter to Dana, and we're going to go Picturing the Past. Um, that's the one I would do. There is a remastered version of it, of Letter to Dana, called Return to Sender. Um, 2008 reissue of it. I'm going to say stick to the original one. They're not hard to find. Again, they're on most streaming platforms now. Buying them is easy as well if you want to actually get hard copies. Um, it is not an album that you would probably, or a band that you would probably know off the top of your head, but it's a band I would highly recommend uh, getting your head around. And then possibly, uh, definitely grabbing some, um, this gra Camelot. Now, Camelot, it is a silly place. Oh, that's, a, that's a Monty Python's quote, if you want to. Um, <laughs> Camelot I saw um, at the basement about five or six years ago. Uh, they are an interesting power metal band. They are what they say they are on the packet, as you can imagine, with a name like Camelot. They're not going to be singing about being on the dole or, or politics, are they now? They're from Tampa, Florida as well. They formed in 1987 with Norwegian vocalist Roy Kahn. Um, I've had lots of different lineups over the time. Uh, if you're going to look for an album for me that's I want to dive, in, dive into, I think Epica is one to go at first. 
Uh, and again, it's their sixth studio. I'm right in the middle of their sort of catalogue. Uh, they've recorded um, re they've recorded lots of albums before and after. It's inspired by um, Faust. Uh, if you know what Faust is, check it out. I'm not going to go on about it now. It was released on the 3rd of March, 2003. Um, basically, Faust is to do with a man packed with a pack with a devil. I shouldn't tell you. I shouldn't say it. I'm not going to go into it. That's not fair, is it? The, t the pop takes place in an unknown time and place on earth. God has commanded all angels to serve alongside humans on the earth. But one angel named Mephisto has refused to obey his orders, claiming that he takes orders from God alone. For this, Mephisto is expelled from heaven. God eventually decides to give Mephisto one chance. If Mephisto can claim the soul of God's favorite man, an alchemist and scholar named Ariel, then he can return to heaven. If not, Mephisto will be condemned to hell forever. That is basically Faust. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say it's a long story. Uh, that's the gist of it. Um, the track listing, though, where do I go? It's, it's difficult because it's a story album. So I'm going to say this is the rare one where I'm going to say you have to listen to the whole album. But if I was going to pull out a song just as a song, Descent of the Archangel and ooh, The Morning After, Carry On, and Edge of Paradise. They're the three. It doesn't have to be in order. They're the three I'd probably grab from it. But listen, this is an album that I think you should play from beginning to end if you want to get the full goodness of power metal. Um, this is probably, along with Halloween's Keeper of the Keys, is probably um, that sort of real uh, power metal sort of standout image really it is what if you want if you were going to put if you're going to write down power metal on a stamp and write behind it the names of the bands that would represent it this album epica by camelot is probably right on that stamp if you know what i mean uh anyway that's probably coming to the end of it i could go on and on and on and on you go and dive into the genre and see what you can find a good way of doing it is just going to spotify or itunes typing in power metal go play and let it just go through a playlist of different songs you might grab you otherwise take my advice and try the different bands uh not just halloween so it isn't just one band like heavy metal isn't just iron maiden thrash isn't just slayer or metallica it's such a diverse genre when you can go traditional american power metal that's harder you can go european which is slower and softer you can go symphonic which is big and open and and organic and wide sounding um, or you can go Sabaton which is like that sort of machine driven almost thrash like uh, war based <laughs> uh, subgenre of power metal or you could go as crazy as I haven't spoken I haven't talked about Man of War because Man of War is a big band and there's a lot to talk about Man of War and I everyone would sort of seem to think about Man of War I want to do stuff that maybe people don't know about that's why I need Halloween in small section of it, because most of us have listened to a Halloween album one time or another. And if we haven't, well, it's about time we did. Anyway, that's the end of this week's episode. A quick run through power metal, my favourites. To be honest, I would go straight to Warlords um, Deliver Us first, because it is, to me, my favourite power metal album of them all. And then to Keeper of the Seven Keys, part one by Halloween, then Epica by Camelot, 
and so on. Anyway, that's there. That's probably it for now. Um, next week, as it's getting close to Halloween, I'll do a little bit more something a little bit more spookier. We might go off piece next week and actually just not talk about music, but about the supernatural. Hey, who knows? You never know. Let's see how I feel. Might chuck some music in there somewhere for you. Um, metal nuts because you might go oh, I'm not listening to it because she's going to talk about ghosts but it is Halloween it's windy out there at the moment it's horrible I hope you wherever you are in the world you're keeping safe you're keeping warm um, keeping away from the horrors of the world at the moment and the best way to do that is plug yourself into some music and let it let it keep you safe let it keep you away let it keep you um, like me gives me peace of mind whether it's extreme metal or it's a fabulous piece of uh, pompous, overblown, wondrous prog, it doesn't matter, does it? It's whatever rocks your boat. But if you're listening to heavy metal tones, you're probably listening to heavy metal, I'm sure. So just go and put on the stereo and let the world pass by. Talk to you soon, guys. Keep safe. Keep coming over to my page. Keep giving me some info. Like, I'd love to hear what your favorite power metal song is. What you think of power metal as a subgenre. Do you listen to it? Do you not listen to it? Has this informed you? I hope it has. Um, as I said, you know, sometimes I'd get my notes mixed up because I'm in. A, I've got a small space. I've got the book in front of me, the microphone, the laptop. I'm trying to read the book, and sometimes I'll just miss a page and get my brain go somewhere else, uh, as is my want. Anyway, keep safe. Keep rocking. Ciao for now, guys. Bye. Ciao for now, guys. Bye for now. Bye bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.